Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Alan Drummond. Hi, Sean. How's it going, buddy? I'm doing very well. And you? Not too shabs. It's a bit of a change not seeing Derek's face across the table from me. Which word did you want to put in front of face there? <laughs> okay. I won't say. All right. Funny, because I've uh, got a buddy that's gone back to playing soccer, and he uh, said, uh, yeah, I didn't want to do too much running, so I played goalie. My immediate comment, did you stop every shot with your face? Because <laughs> <laughs> you have to. Right. Like, I mean, you open yourself up to something like There's that. There's a great, like, fake video meme thing about, like, this one goalie, they're doing uh, they, the penalty shots. So he just oh, keeps stopping it with his face time, like time after time after time. I don't remember. Yeah. Somebody posted it somewhere in the last couple of weeks. It's yeah, a, it's hilarious. Yeah, they prop him in a chair. Yeah. And yeah. Even, even if he's laying yeah. down on the ground, they kick it and it hits Every him in the face. Every single one, right in the face. Uh, I think there's a volleyball with the same guy. Uh, yeah. A volleyball one of that as well. Yeah. Uh, so absolutely hilarious. i surprised there's not a uh, paddling one of them going over a waterfall or something yet. 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 <laughs> What's going on with you? I am in the middle of um, planning trips for the year. Oh, okay. Um, between Algonquin and Tomogamy, maybe a big southern trip. Southern? Southern. Like where there's barbecue and stuff? Barbecue and gators and... Going for some barbecue manatee? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to get Dirk to hook you up with that website again that yeah. fooled him. The big old tub of manatee meat that he was going to order online. <laughs> but does it come in tubes? Uh, Can you get a tube of manatee meat? A tube of manatee meat. <laughs> what I was the know. tube thing? Tube of fish meat? Tube of fish meat. Tube of fish yeah. meat. Yeah. It's just a beluga whale. Basically, they're a tube of fish meat. Pretty much. <laughs> Speaking of... In I don't the, know what the segue from beluga whale pointing at me is going to be right now. Just because you're the one here to point at. Okay. <laughs> In the St. Lawrence Seaway, yeah. there is a pot of belugas and there's one narwhal oh, that's okay. been with them for a few years. And the only reason that was brought up is because they were saying that there is a beluga-narwhal hybrid they've yeah. seen. And this one is just coming of age in the St. Lawrence, so they're wondering if these going to be hybrids happening. Well, if one does happen, then obviously it works. Unless he's just, like, considered ugly. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I don't know how that works, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm closing my eyes, yeah. and the visual isn't pretty. So. And the visual, yeah. Yeah, yeah just, just no visuals. I don't I'm – not, I'm not much of, like, obviously an animal – Whatever, whatever the animal people are, but you know, like there's the koi wolf in southern Ontario, yeah. which is pretty um, localized to like northern Ohio, um, Michigan, and, and southern Ontario, which is what early 1900s were coyotes and wolves, and apparently they got both the best and the worst traits of each in one animal, so it makes it a little more aggressive and independent and solitary in that, and mm-hmm. a pretty mean bastard to deal with. So it. Uh, Belugas and narwhals? I'm really not sure what. Yeah. I guess it's just going to be a white narwhal, I guess, or people just stand there, don't know what they're looking yeah. at, and his buddy I didn't know if narwhals behind. came that far south. I thought narwhals no, were more... No, it's just like one. They're usually north, okay. farther yeah, north. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there was something weird Straggler. about... 
Yeah, something weird about it. They noticed it a few years back. And he Apparently came. saw a sexy beluga and <laughs> followed, followed, it, followed it down from Baffin Island or something. Maybe. Or the belugas, he followed me home. Can we keep them? Yeah. <laughs> something. <laughs> like I said, I don't know how all that works. <laughs> but, uh, I'm no, sure around a campfire with a few more drinks. We, we can figure, figure it out. out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll come up with our own, <laughs> our own theories. But, uh, yeah, just talking about belugas there and, and whatnot. But, uh, no, just uh, doing up a bunch of possible trip, trips. That, well, I've already booked a few things, but uh, uh, just a couple others. I'm thinking, well, you know what? Instead of doing the regular thing, and there's places I want to go, and if things are starting to open up a bit more now, then hopefully later on in the summer we'll uh, do the border crossing easier, and I may head down towards Florida to check out oh. some manatees. That'd be cool. Yeah. Maybe. Possibly. Maybe. It's on the maybe. burner right now. Maybe possibly. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You, guys, you guys keep talking about it. You guys keep talking about all these places you want to go. Yeah. But you always keep going back. To well, all places depends. you know. Depends if the, well, especially the last couple of years. I haven't had much of a choice. Uh-huh. And? Well, now that everything's <laughs> open, we can now start going to all these places. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Derek, all right. Derek, so so you got two years. Now. What about the last 40? I've been visiting all the places I've wanted to visit. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. Go to Florida. Caribou. I've been back up to Moose. Go see Jerry again. Go to lots of places. Yeah. Oh, we were, yeah, because that was, we were down to see Jerry. September. The year before everything closed. The fall that everything closed. September 2019? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, before everything closed. So, So, yeah, I'm thinking uh, a nice, uh, I think it'll be a driving trip too. Hit various spots on the way down and various spots on the way, like we did when we drove out west. Oh, Okay, so you're going to take the kayak, you're going to Florida. Maybe you can go through Washington, D.C. So when I was listening to you guys talk about the Central Park guys the other day. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of probably illegal waterways to paddle in Washington, D.C. That nice reflecting pool in front of the Lincoln Memorial. Ooh. The reflecting pool in front of the Washington Capitol building. Yeah. I'm sure you'd get away with it. And the bonus would be... International incident. Totally. Right. Are you in? <laughs> no. Why? I'll film it. <laughs> News at 11. <laughs> this live stream brought to you. <laughs> Alan Drummond, guilty by association. <laughs> I've always wondered how deep that is. Because when, when you were talking about the Central Park, then you're like, oh, where in Toronto can we go? I'm like thinking, what other kind of neat, iconic bodies of water that aren't typically paddle bodies of water would be kind of fun to do? Because obviously those guys at Central Park, there wasn't much paddling involved. No. Except for meters one, here, 50 one. meters here, whatever. It was yeah. like splish splash and away they go running. It was more of a walk with the, with the canoe. Whereas like if you start looking at, you know, Washington, um, uh, de Bellagio in Vegas. <laughs> you could start making like a bingo card. <laughs> you totally could. And just cross it off. You know, I don't know if I'm going to offend anybody here, but I know like the Taj Mahal is always pictured with that big, oh, the long, big, yeah. long pool yeah. in front of it. So I'm not sure if that's sacred or not. So do we turn this like... Offended a whole nation of people, but... Do we turn this into a giant international thing? Yes. Or just yeah. a North American yeah. game? International. <laughs> international. A- anywhere where there's some sort of weird, iconic body of water that... Has just enough water to float a boat. Let's float a boat. Damn. I've always thought it'd be amazing to get like a bunch of my friends who are like totally like big into like the Greenland style rolling and all that. Seven or eight of them to like just jump into the Bellagio while the 
music and the fountains are going in the evening and there are thousands of people all watching. Because, like, really, what's security going to do? Arrest you when you get out. If, but at least you have done it. What? You know. <laughs> Your goal's accomplished. Right. <laughs> well, and trespassing. You know, night yeah, in jail. Whatever. So what'd you do when you were in Vegas? <laughs> well, let me tell you. While everybody else was gambling, <laughs> I was gambling, gambling in a different way. <laughs> and it was awesome. Yeah, so. no, so, uh, yeah, there's, uh, like I say, with the borders opening and that, I think now it's going to. Because we were supposed to hit a whole bunch of places before they closed. Right. Right. We had like nine different spots we were going to hit that summer. And then we ended up having to cancel it all. Where were we going to go? Sucks. A lot through New York State. Okay. And just south of that. Right. So get all that back on the radar. Well, as of April 1st to drive, you don't need a test either way. No. All you need to be is fully vaxxed. And a passport. You are in. Yeah. Yeah. So. Off and running. Have a one. Excellent. Excellent. I'll let you know. All right. Uh, nothing else with you, though? Just No, just getting back to work. It's getting busy at work again. So because the borders have laxed and, you know, COVID's kind of petering out, even though we're in our sixth wave now, but it's kind of a smaller wave, I guess. Not really surfable, I hope. Um, so, yeah, international travel is starting to pick back up, um, just travel in general, work travel and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I've just been busy with work with my uh, waterfalls tours to Niagara and stuff. So, it's uh, yeah, I've been looking forward to that for two years. So Good, good. Glad it's picking back up for you. Get, uh, get you some work, get you out doing something. Give me some work, fill a bit back the pocketbook so I can go play some more. Yeah, that's all it's about. <laughs> is it ever <laughs> come on you can't just have one roving international correspondent no we gotta have 15 of them uh what do we got we got a lot of things to talk about tonight Fish, of, fishy stuff fishy there's a lot of because we were talking about the fishing kayaks last week so you know, i've you know, just glanced at this but somebody caught a 350 pound sturgeon in lethbridge in lethbridge was that in the old man river uh, no, it was the Fraser. Oh, okay. So the Fraser cool. River. Damn. Eight feet, six inches long sturgeon weighing estimated 350 pounds. So they were casting out on shore by the sounds of it. And this guy, Braden Rouse, and his girlfriend were fishing the Fraser River. They decided, you know, cast out and he something grabbed it. He says, you can tell it's big because when you pull, it won't move. It won't budge, and it actually starts running. Usually big fish do that. Wait a second. Sturgeons have legs? Apparently, because it ran. okay. It ran. So, doing the smart thing, he jumped into his kayak. As one does. As one does. Smart people do that. When you have a mass of fish on, what do you think is going to happen if you jump in your kayak? You go for a ride. You're going down. You also go for a run. (laughs) You go for a run. And then you go back upstream. (laughs) Half an hour. Wow. He was battling this thing. His girlfriend jumped into her kayak just to follow around, filming him, catching this thing and battling it. Uh, There's the one thing that always comes to mind at some point is how are we going to land this? Because I've been in a canoe before with Mm. the fish so big that you're not getting it in the boat. No. Um, and when you got something that's bigger than your boat, <laughs> yeah. 
So they uh, managed to somehow get it to shore. Mm-hmm. She had, well, they had a rope. So he tied his kayak to hers. And as she paddled to shore, sure. towing him and the fish. <laughs> so why, why are you guys dating? Well, she's great at pulling my kayak in when I'm fishing. A 350-pounder. A 350-pounder. Uh, paddled to shore, and then they you know, pulled it in. And then uh, from there, he uh, finished the fight. Good news being, they did do the catch and release. And uh, took some pictures and all that sort of stuff. And then off it went amongst its own business. Have you ever seen a sturgeon? I just Googled, like, Fraser River sturgeon. Yeah. And the very first thing that pops up is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 people standing side to side holding a sturgeon that's 11 feet long. Yeah. Holy. They're in the Ottawa River. And we yeah. used to catch And them. Lake Ontario. There's a sign yeah. I just noticed. Uh, where did I go for a walk recently? And there's a new sign there. I guess they put it in the spring saying about uh, Sturgeon Lake Ontario, which I had no idea. Yeah, we used to catch them up, uh, smaller ones. I know mm-hmm. there's there's bigger ones, but uh, we'd catch the odd small one up in uh, the Ottawa River into the Petawawa River. Right. right? And, uh, yeah, you don't want to be snorkeling or anything and then something like that massive comes by because you get kind of scared. <laughs> you think? <laughs> Not expecting that. <laughs> So the, like that one, I just, eh? the one I was looking at, that I just googled uh, the Alberni Valley news pop thing popped up. So it's eleven and a half foot long, fifty six inch girth, and the uh, the lodge near where it was caught. So they've nobody's ever caught it near there before. That particular one, and it's over a hundred years old. Yeah. Wow. So those are the things you have to let them go. Yeah. You can't. You, you don't want to keep something like that. They're old. Let them go. Yeah, no, no. It's uh, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I tell you though, I I gotta say, if I caught something that large and my kayak was sitting there, I'd probably jump into it too, just to go for the ride. Yeah, well, you know, why the hell not? Why not, eh? Another fella that was kayak fishing <laughs> off of uh, what did we say it was Durban, so, north of Durban, South Africa, along yeah, Zin- Zinkawi. Beach? Is that what it was? Let's go with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had it up and now I've got my. Yeah. Yeah. Zinkwazi Beach. Z I N K W A Z I. Yeah, Zinkwazi Beach. Him and his buddy was out uh, kayak fishing and he caught himself a small shark. Nothing big deal about that except for the shark got itself all twisted in the fishing line. And all said and done, when everything sort of settled, he's got this shark, it's probably about three feet long, sitting on his lap, all wrapped in fishing line, and the treble hook through his <laughs> thumb. So it was like the hook through the shark and through him? Like No, I think the shark spit it. Short on details, but Yeah. The I well and the, I mean the only reason I came across this and, and I like this story is I got to think that the, the shark spit the hook at some point and it ended up in his hand, right? Um, so he's got his buddy. Now, when you're fishing with your buddy and something's going wrong, your buddy jumps in, right? Yeah, and buddy, yeah. gives you a hand. You would think. You would think. 
Eric's buddy. Unless your buddy's like us. Like us. <laughs> and Eric's. Which Eric's buddy's like us. He's busy taking video and laughing. Uh, the video, you hear his buddy going, we got Eric, yeah? <laughs> we've got we've got a shark on his lap. He's got the treble hook right through his finger. Good one, Eric. Well done. <laughs> That's hilarious. Now, uh, people talking were saying, you know, if that was me, I'd be pretty ticked off at my buddy. Yeah. I would be doing the same thing, and right? I think I would be more ticked off if my buddies didn't do that. Right? We got to capture it. Wow. That's what Anything you think, for right? the gram. Anything for the gram. Anything. Because <laughs> that's what you're going to remember. Right. Look at that shark. Oh, yeah, and I was with doofus there. Well, and you need the proof that it happened. No pictures, no proof. And he's got the scar. Self-here didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, self-here didn't happen. You did a thing. What did you do? Oh, I caught a shark. That's it. Well, and it caught me too. So, yeah, you got to have friends like that, man. Um, Speaking of friends. Speaking of friends, and I know you're probably segueing a place that I'm going to take over. Um, so just before we went to air, I was like uh, scanning through what Sean had given me and my Facebook at the same time, because that's what Alan does. And I saw a friend of mine had been hiking in the Don River Valley in Toronto today, and she had posted a couple of pictures of this new canoe art installation, and she's just emailed me now that these art installation is near the Todd Morden Mills, which is near the Brickwork, so just north of Bloor, mm-hmm. along the Don River Trail, and they would just installed this uh, very recently, and they'll be there until November. Done yeah, by local. you were saying that it looks like it was freshly dug. Yeah, it uh, totally. So it's on the uh, yeah, it's on the Todd Morden Mills uh, property. So it's a little bit off the Don River Valley Trail, but we'll uh, we'll. But she sent me a bunch of information here, including some links to guys, uh, the guy who put it in. Um, uh, Instagram, um, the installation is called Flipping the Canoe, and it's two very interesting um, canoe installations. So we'll uh, we'll share that on the um, Facebook page too. Facebook and the Gram. Facebook and the Gram. Because Maybe you even Twitter. Have to go on the Gram. That's cool. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to going go and checking these out. Because there's another art installation, which I did check out when we were on a hike last winter. Um, further up, just uh, right below, right off Don Mills. In fact, I think it's underneath the, one of the Don Mills uh, overpasses um, of these cut-up canoes installed into the concrete. Um, and the name of that art installation was called Passages. And I forget what the whole talking points of it were but uh, there were a bunch of red canoes cut up and put into the concrete underneath the bridge yeah overpass which was kind of neat so yeah it was up near the ontario science center i guess since we talked about it we'll post something about those two yeah we'll post we'll post links to cool. all of it and right. uh some people can check them out so that was my about friends thing what was your about friends thing well we'll go from friends to acquaintances okay uh we talked with west hansen Episode right. 278, we talked with West. He's down in Texas. He was doing the Texas Water Safari, which was that big. He's done that once or twice or 40 times. 40, yeah, yeah, 40, 50, 60 <laughs> times, something like that. He's done um, the Amazon, the Volga. I, I he, he's big into these yeah, big expeditions, right? When we talked to him, uh, he had mentioned that they were looking – 
to do the Northwest Passage in one season. Mm-hmm. But then everything got shut down. They didn't know if they were going to do it. They didn't know, la- I think it was last year, if they were going to get permission to come across the border. But they didn't, so they couldn't do it last year. They have now gotten permission awesome. to cross the border and come do the Northwest Passage. Uh, Northwest Passage is the Arctic Sea Route that connects the Atlantic Pacific Oceans. Long human history, including being the home of indigenous peoples for thousands of years. Uh, a Europeans try and use it as a quick route to Asia. Uh, it uh, also has a long history of failed expeditions and death. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Of course, the, the uh, big one being um, Franklin Expedition. Yeah. Right, that's the big, the biggie. That's up which that was just found last year. Yeah, the, the uh, no, that was Shackleton's was found. That, that was last this week. Year. Um, the oh yeah, the uh, terror. Was right. that last year? Or was that two years ago now? Recent. Was I don't think I need year? more than one hand to count how many years ago. So, well, was between, it one or two years? Somewhere between <laughs> one and five. I've got more than two fingers. <laughs> well, that's what I say. Was that last year or the year before? Uh, it was very recent. I need one hand. Yeah, yeah. That was just that was very recent. Uh, the the terror they found. Um, now, as the northern climates are seeming to warm up, the passages are remaining open longer every year because that's the the whole deal is that you only get through so far, and then it freezes and your ship is stuck in the ice. And back in the day, it didn't always unfreeze every year. Well, now it seems Thaw. to be. Unfreeze and thaw, same thing. Okay. Just unfreeze is a bigger word. <laughs> I've never heard of. Do we use unfreeze in normal yeah, English? Like, unfreeze. Unfreeze something? Yeah, it you was know? unfrozen. Unfreeze. My ice cube unfro- unfreeze did? Freeze did did. <laughs> you got to put two did dids in there. <laughs> Hooked on phonics. <laughs> so uh, this August, West Hansen, Jeff Wiesty, Rebecca Feaster, and Jimmy Harvey are hoping to take advantage of the open water and kayak 3,000 kilometers in a single season. Is it 3,000? That's humping it. That is. 3,000 kilometers, and they want to do it in 60 days. Yeah. Math, 20K a day? No. More yeah. than that. Well, they're not portaging, so. No. Well, <laughs> they may be. They're, they're counting on not having to. Yeah. If uh, successful, 50, they'll be the, 50K a day. the first 50K a day. to kayak the entire Northwest Passage in a season. Yeah, that'd be impressive. Other people have tried it. No one's done it in one season. Okay. People have done it over multiple right. seasons. Or uh, I know some people have did uh, Starkle. Uh, well, I can never remember his yeah, first name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know he's done it, but he's dragged his canoe at, or his uh, kayak at points and yeah. whatnot. So uh, now Wiesty and Hansen have both completed the longest human-powered descent of the Amazon River. They've kayaked the Volga River. Uh, Harvey joined them for the Gulf Coast expedition from Boca Chica to uh, the Me- at the Mexican border to the Sabine Pass and the Louisiana border. Rebecca Feasters, this will be her first expedition with the team. Uh, she's competed in the Texas Water Safari eight times, completed and holds the record as the youngest woman to complete the race solo. Wow. Right? All four from Texas, hence their name, the Arctic Cowboys. 
right. That mm-hmm. works. Yeah, they, they, they've been, was it the Amazon Cowboys or something? The Texas Cowboys? The, the Cowboys is always in the Texas name. Cowboys. Yeah. 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 It would work. It, it, uh, you know. Now, they are debating whether to go east to west or west to east. The east-west route begins near Pond Inlet on northern Baffin Island. The west-east uh, line starts from the town of Tuktiaktuk on the western edge of the, pa- of the passage. It seems most people start in the west and go east. Uh, he says, West says that the east-west route has the disadvantage of a later launch date because the entrance at Pond Inlet is located further north with the sea ice melting later in the year. Uh. Starting in the west allows you a much earlier launch, but it leaves them with a greater unknown regarding the ice conditions north of King William Island. Right, right. So at the end of the day, it looks like they're going to start. Um, the end of the day, they're doing it through the summer in northern Canada. There is no end there, of the day. <laughs> no end, at the end, beginning of the day, <laughs> which which continues, uh, they're going to start at the east end. Now, prior attempts to row and kayak have come undone when starting from the west because they put months of work only to encounter so much sea ice around the two-thirds point. They go past Banks Island. They do. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. Jackasses. <laughs> they're not bringing Sean and Derek. So they're going to wait in Texas monitoring the ice. They'll have a flexible schedule. And the moment that the crux part of the passage uh, on the east and west coast of Somerset Island looks doable, they're going to boogie up to Pond Inlet and start their trip. So they will do east to west. Oh, okay. Right? So they'll just wait till it's west. melted enough or almost. West is east west to west. Is west, is west is east west to west. West is west and west going, is going east. east to west. East to west, west, <laughs> west with Weasty. There's a whole who's on first thing that could happen there I'm with saying. West Hanson, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, uh, how, are, how are they getting? They must be chartering a plane or something. They'd be chartering planes and gear and everything. They must be. They'd have to take it all up at once if they're going to be. Or else they're sh- know, it shipping like, it up all together. Sponsored thing? That's, I haven't talked. Now, see, I, this is just what I've found out recently. We're actually going to get West on and have a full-on chat with them about it. Cool. Before they go. Awesome. Right? And find it closer to the date so they have more um, for sure's. Everything right now is sort of, this is our plan, and there's going to be tweaks in that. So we'll yeah, get the whole course, yeah. whole thing. So the plan as it stands is Pond Inlet. They'll follow a route that follows this, uh, along southern Lancaster Sound towards Somerset Island. And that has their longest open ocean crossing, right. about 66 kilometers. 40 mile. Wow. Uh, across uh, Prince Regent Inlet between Baffin Island and Somerset Islands. They'll head south towards King William Island, uh, which is a crucial part of the Sir John Franklin's demise. And eventually they will cross Victoria Island and resupply at the Inuit village of Cambridge Bay. From there, they'll have uh, no further problems with ice, although they can expect rough seas in September, because that's Mm -hmm. when they they plan to be up that way. Hugging the south coast of Victoria Island, they'll island hop to the Canadian mainland, then follow the coast to their end point at Taktiaktak. So, that's awesome. But even more awesome is I need two hands to find out when the to to show when the terror was found. Two thousand sixteen already. What? I know. No way. 
No. Here's an article. Okay. September yeah, 12, 2016 is when it. they found it. Yeah. But when did they tell everybody? The day after? <laughs> I don't think they waited five years. <laughs> has it been that long yeah. already? No. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun, eh? No kidding. Wow, I didn't think it's been that long already. Not, I would have said, yeah, last year, maybe just before the pandemic or I something. I thought it was like, two years. I thought it yeah. was just before the pandemic. No. Well, technically, 2016 is before the pandemic. Not just before, though. Yeah. Anyway, that looks that looks pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. Um. So, you know, there, a lot of people are saying, you know, like things are warming up, and if this does mm-hmm. indeed happen, and things. You know, the passage stays unfrozen or thawed longer. <laughs> de-iced. De-iced. De-iced longer. Uh, you know, like most shipping companies, mm-hmm. West has figured out that this is going to become a super highway yep. for, for big tankers and stuff like that. So, you know, they wanted to experience and record the pristine Arctic archipelago while it is still here. Before it becomes a superhighway. And you know, once that starts, things go south fast. It sure will be. A lot of people aren't looking forward to that if it does happen. No. Uh, They're paddling Epic 18 kayaks. Their food will consist of the usual combination of dehydrated meals and high-energy snacks. Because they're taking all their stuff with them. They have to, because there's... Very few places to resupply. It's like yeah. they'll be going weeks without seeing anything or anybody. Or anybody. Um, hopefully for them, their sake, maybe there'll be research ships or even some of the Arctic cruise ships maybe up there. I'm not sure if they, but anyway, I'm sure hopefully if they see them, they'll drop them some fresh water next. I imagine they'll be desalinating They'd and have to. stuff. Yeah. Um, Unless they can go buy, uh, go melt some fresh water or something off of shore. Yeah, but then that, that takes usually takes more energy than it's worth to do that. Is, yeah, because there's no wood to burn. No. Right? So it's, uh, yeah, be interesting. Yeah. Other essentials include a large single expedition tent and a shotgun plus flares to deter curious polar bears. At one point they were talking about uh, a, a long stretch that they have to go through. Uh, which he doesn't think they're going to be able to stop in because of high tides every four hours, like tide changes, right. high currents, and I quote, a buttload of polar bears. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how many polar well, bears I wonder if are it, in it, buttload, because, Yeah, buttload. Probably, probably because there's a lot of fish concentration in that area or something. I don't know, seals, whatever. Well, and they're all coming off the ice flows in the summer yeah. too, right? So uh team has budgeted 60 days for the expedition. Factoring in that they could face a lot of downtime if the wind is uncooperative. I wonder what they're budgeting for their daily mileage. Because the Epic 18s are a fast sea kayak. It's, mm-hmm. I'm sure they're probably a uh, 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 tougher Kevlar layup or something because the article here says it's, uh, you know, lighter and all that. Um, the regular Epic 18 and like it's like race layup kind of thing. It's like a 27 or 28 pound boat. Super mm-hmm. light boat, but you can get different thicknesses to add strength to it. So... Um, that's like my divide the money and everything. It's like, I'd, I'd, I'd get one of those. That, it's always been, um, the boat I've wanted. I keep telling my friend Brad, I'm going to steal his, but one day. I can help you with that. 
60 days, <laughs> 3,000K. Damn. Mm hmm. Big cool trip. Yeah. So we're going to get uh, West on here before they head out, and we'll get it right from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Uh, what exactly is plans and hopes and dreams and getting some of the little details. Well, I'm sure they're hoping not to get eaten by a polar bear and they're dreaming to make it all the way. Polar bears. Yeah. Buttload of polar bears. And they're dreaming. What a way to go though, right? Imagine that as your epitaph destroyed by a buttload of polar bears. Not if you could see the end line right down there. Five miles from the end. Well, what about the the guy well before you guys heard that, uh, oh, what was his name? There's a movie about it and all that crossing from uh, Australia to New Zealand. And he made it within like 20K ashore, they figure. Uh, and oh, then he disappeared. Right, right, um, right, right, right. I forgot about him. It, uh, oh. And they never found him. They never found him. They found a kayak. Yeah. Kayak washed up quite a, quite a number but of weeks later, but him. they never find him. So, yeah, that's pretty tragic when it's like, oh, look, land ahoy. And mm-hmm. that's the last. Oh, God, I couldn't imagine. But, but like they go bears. by a buttload of polar, polar bears. bears. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be right on the tombstone, eh? Great guy. Buttload of polar bears <laughs> took him out. Yeah, nothing else. No, it doesn't yeah. have to say anything else. Just, just buttload. West Hanson, buttload of polar bears. <laughs> That's it. But we'll get uh, get him on here and uh, have a chat with him. And, uh, That'd be cool. Looking forward to listening to that one. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll kick Derek out and have you come in and you can right. talk to him. Cool. Nah. I can talk Texas, y'all. 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 Another big trip that somebody's doing this year. We talked about that uh, Eric Severin and Walter C. Port. Mm -hmm. In 1930, they paddled from Minneapolis to Hudson Bay. They did the the book and everything, canoeing with the Cree. Okay. Um, I think I've... Oh, no, I don't have the book. I did the, uh, oh, one of those online books that they read to you. Uh, anyway. Um, Audible. Yeah, Audible. Audible. Yeah, I got the Audible books because I was listening to it while driving to work. Andrew McCauley was the guy who, Australia to New Zealand, and the name of the movie in the book was called Solo. I don't think I ever saw the book or the movie. It, uh, I only saw, I never saw the full length film. I only saw the film festival f- version and of the dozens, if not hundreds of film festival kayak and paddling, uh, with the real paddling film festival. That's the one that haunts me and disturbs me to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, still that just, you know, no matter how much you plan, mitigate risk and all that shit can go sideways. But even in the middle of an ocean at night. I think I'd rather be alone in a forest at night than in the middle of an ocean. Okay. At night. That would just creep me out. That would just haunt me. Out in the middle of an ocean and just, yeah, you're just, you're just alone. No, no one, and there's nothing to judge anything by. And you know what's, you know what it probably is, is you don't know what's under you. Everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but same in the Ford. I remember the first time driving to the East Coast, which was embarrassingly like 2014, 13. Anyway, not a whole lot of years ago. And I made a mistake of timing it wrong. It was October, and I'm driving through Maine, two-lane roads, Maine, at night. 
every single reflective thing alongside the roadway was a moose. I didn't see any moose, but every single reflective thing with moose eyes looking back at me. Um, So it's just amazing what your mind can do at night with you. So, yeah, every little splash. And I've I've been in that. Like when I was paddling in Nova Scotia, when I knew that, yes, there was great whites nearby. They were all circling you. (laughs) Out of the corner of my eye, every little thing was like, was that a shark fin? Was that like, did it breach? Did it whatever? Um, you know, and then a few days later when I was paddling with, uh, our buddy Steve, Steve, the guy who did the great loop, yep. um, we had these seals playing with us. They were, they were like following us and then they were off to our side and off to our left and off to our right and stuff. They'd surface and disappear and you're like, was that it? Was that it? You know, and it's just that, uh, your mind can play tricks on you pretty damn quick. Great white sharks eat. Eat seals. Seals. Yeah. And guys named Alan. So if you see a seal, <laughs> I'm hoping there's no great white because I'm thinking the seals are smart and are booking out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Drawing the sharks to you. Yes. As hopefully. a decoy. Right. <laughs> so anyway, anyway we'll, we digressed. So, so uh, <laughs> they paddled from Minneapolis to Hudson's Bay and they did the canoeing with the Cree book. Uh, their objective was to follow the Hudson's Bay Company fur trading routes, which they did. In 2008, Sean Bloomfield and Colton Witt, uh, they made a similar trip by canoe, except their journey went up the Hayes River. They changed it a little bit up there. Uh, They went up the Hayes River to access the Hudson's Bay, um, whereas Severed and Port had taken the God's River, which goes across Manitoba. If you're a believer, aren't they all God's rivers? It's God's country. (laughs) Mind you, I've heard that about the East Coast. I've heard that about the North. I've heard that about the West. <sighs> so when I moved to Alberta, this guy, Dan Johnson, tells me a joke. Oh, God. How did it go? Um, look, guy goes to church and he sees... See the phone booth? I don't know. There's a phone booth in a church and it asked the priest who's like what's with the phone booth in church well if you want to make a call he goes, it's two dollars to call toronto I'm like oh, okay it's only a dollar to call winnipeg it's like oh, okay it's free to call heaven He's like why is it free to call heaven oh because you're in god's country son <laughs> something like that i know i totally butchered the joke but i'm sure you could use that joke anywhere you can use it anywhere yeah. all right it's a local call it's a local it's a call. local call yeah right so you gotta, it, you gotta work yeah. on it, your yeah. delivery, Alan. You dun, gotta work dun, dun, on dun. it. Do you want to redo? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so in 2011, so we've gone from 1930 to 2008 to 2011, Natalie Warren and Anna Rayo became the first women to complete the Minneapolis to Hudson's Bay trip. Uh, they followed the Hayes River route as, and uh, with a canoe as well. This year, 2022, Madison Eklund will leave on a four-month, 2,400-kilometer solo kayaking expedition from Minnesota north to the Hudson Bay, following the same route. Uh, she'll cross through Minnesota, South Dakota, North Dakota, span most of the length of Manitoba, uh, the expedition will take her from urban city to sprawling Midwestern prairies and farmland up to the Canadian backcountry and the bore, uh, boreal along the Hudson Bay. 
She does intend to host several river cleanup rallies along the way, has partnered with the North Dakota Department of Environmental Quality to collect water samples as she's going through North Dakota. That's pretty cool. As well, yeah. Uh, if you go to her I Facebook... I hope she's able to drop those off along the way so you don't have to, like, portage. <laughs> All the way to Hudson I've Bay. I've got 700 water samples, <laughs> and i got to portage them. That's just one big box itself. You know, I'm cheating on that one. It's like, I'm picking those up in the last kilometer of the, yeah, the yeah. journey. I got your samples. <laughs> Wait a minute. There's <laughs> Arctic ice in North Dakota. Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, her Facebook page, Expedition Alpine. You know. Not to be confused with Alpine Expedition, ah. which when I was Googling it earlier, automatically switches it, thinking, oh no, you put those two words backwards. I hate when Google thinks you're stupid. Yeah. And tries to make you smarter? Yeah. Does it so much. I meant to spell that word wrong. Uh, Facebook page, Expedition Alpine. There's a lot of information about her and her, her trip that she's going to be doing this year. And uh, Yeah, another uh, trip. That's and pretty cool. Say, she's she's going to be the first uh, woman to do it solo, which is pretty cool. I guess as far as we know, because no one else has spoken up. She sounds like she'll be the first person to do it solo. What kayak is she using? A floating one. No, but I'm just thinking like, okay, it looks, well, the picture she's got on her thing, it is more of a recreational kayak. Like, cause I'm assuming there's going to be a couple of portages mm-hmm. along the way. I would want to do a trip like that in, not the whole thing anyway. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about going from the southernmost point of Canada to the northernmost point. Right. And part of that we would do with a kayak and part of that we would do with a canoe. I wouldn't want to be portaging a kayak. Either. <laughs> I don't want to portage either, yeah. <laughs> but it's been, I, if I had one or the other, I'd rather portage yeah, yeah, a canoe. Yeah, of course. Than, uh, Unless it's that. like, you know, taking the wheels. And t- I don't know. I'm sure she's got it planned out and thought out. Yeah. But I hope so. And hopefully it works awesome. out for her. Good for her. So... Keep that one in mind as well. We'll post uh, stuff as they, as we find out more too. Cool. Uh, in 2005, this one has absolutely nothing to do with paddling. Okay. You know, I glanced at this, your little notes on this, and I'm like, I didn't see anything paddling related. I, just I didn't dive too deep into it. All cool. it's titled. This thing is titled Pink Floyd. So now I've got like another brick in the wall on my head. Or Mother, the dark side of the moon. Yeah, yeah. So in numb. 2005, and this came to me while I was looking at other paddling related things. Flamingo number 492 and another flamingo, unnamed, escaped from the Kansas <laughs> Zoo. Of no fixed address. Of no fixed address. <laughs> Zookeepers did not clip their feathers. They didn't realize their feathers were growing. Now, I didn't know it, but clipping the bird's wings and clipping their feathers, I always thought it was the same thing. Right. But no, clipping their wings is actually damaging, and clipping their feathers is like giving somebody a haircut. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they were clipping the feathers. Right. Well, I guess they grow back. They weren't paying attention. And number 492 and his pal. it out of there. They made a break for Not looking as dapper as normal because they didn't have their normal haircut. They didn't have the normal haircut, letting things go. They made a run for it. There was a prison break 
He was three years old when he made his prison break. Okay. 17 years later, number 492 <laughs> is still on the run. So he's 20 this year. Happy birthday. There's supposed to be no flamingos in Texas. Right? There's 492 of them. And this is this is how I got onto this because there's a guide down there that mm-hmm. does paddling guiding trips. Right. And this is one of the things that he said is there's, there's no flamingos in Texas. And now Mr. Know-it-all doesn't know it all. <laughs> that's that's how I ended up into this rabbit hole. It was a side trail, so to speak. I don't know if it hurt all the listeners' head figuring <laughs> that one out, but it certainly hurt my head. So mid-March, the Texas Park and Wildlife Coastal Fisheries Department shared a video of the aptly dubbed Pink Floyd wandering in uh, Cox Bay near Port Lavaca. They even joked that he had returned from the dark dark side of the moon. moon. Uh But apparently he'd been spotted in Texas coast for several years now, and he's been identified by the big number 492 tag on his leg, which is really cool. Floyd's prison break buddy has never been seen again. So maybe Floyd shanked him or something. (laughs) (laughs) You help me break out, buddy. Sorry. Uh, Floyd has been spotted in Wisconsin, Louisiana, and Texas, and sometimes with other wild flamingos. John, do you know Floyd? Do you know Floyd, John? Wisconsin. And how can always never, a Wisconsin connection to every freaking thing. The world, the, Wisconsin connection. The, you know, the world apparently revolves around um, Wisconsin. Wisconsin and cheese. And you know John's going to have something to say about that. <laughs> so, do you know why flamingos are pink? Yeah, the stuff in the that they eat, is it yeah. not? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you thought you were smarter than me. So yeah, it was. Uh, he's still bopping around there, and go Floyd, go. Yeah, they say they aren't going to try to recatch him because it would disturb the other wildlife too much. Okay, so they're just going to let Floyd wander as a Texas Leave Floyd be Texas Floyd. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wonder so, if West anyway, knows Floyd. I just, ooh, maybe West knows. West, do you know Floyd? Because <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, in other news, the nation's oldest park ranger. Have you heard this one? She retired. I saw something about the U.S. park ranger. Yeah, 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 Obama. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Betty Reed Soskin, 100 years of age. Good for her. She's retired. She was named California Legislature Woman of the Year in 95. She has a, a Bay Area middle school named for her. In 2015, she met and introduced President Barack Obama at the White House's Christmas tree lighting ceremony. Uh, for years, she's ran tours at the Rosie the Riveter World War II Homefront National Historic Park in Richmond, California. She says, I've lived lots and lots of lives. She's told an interviewer in 2014. She was also a civil rights activist, a musician, and a pioneering businesswoman. She owned the f- opened the first black-owned record store awesome. in the uh, in uh, the Bay Bay Area. Ranger Betty, as colleagues call her, was an invaluable voice speaking for the black experience in World War II, 
a contrast to Rosie the Riveter. Everybody knows Rosie yeah, the Riveter. Yeah, yeah. She's the woman with the bandana yeah. on her head and the muscle, like flexing her mu- arm muscles and that. Uh, in contrast to Rosie the Riveter, the white bandana wearing heroine of the wartime manufacturing sector. She says, to be part of helping to mark the place where that dramatic trajectory of my own life, combined with others of my generation, will influence the future by the footprints we've left behind, has been incredible. Soskin was instrumental in bringing the Rosie the Riveter monument to Richmond, a port city in the Bay Area that was once a shipbuilding hub. Uh, she was so respected by the National Park Service brass that they brought her on board in a temporary role when she was 84 and then elevated her to full-time ranger status. So all that's pretty awesome, but the fact that she became a ranger at, at 84 freaking four years old, yeah, yeah. that's amazing. So, so much awesome. So what so do awesome. you do when you're 84? Well, I think I'm going to go become a park ranger. Um, Grandma. <laughs> Great grandma. <laughs> Great grandma. Great grandma. Great yeah. grandma. But a hundred years of age, still going. And if you see pictures, of, she doesn't look. Yeah, like, no, she not at all. Look on. Yeah, she right? look, looked well. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, yeah, congrats. Uh, finally retires at a hundred. Well, now I mean, did she did she do her numbers though to get her pension? Well, <laughs> <laughs> she only sixteen years in. Did, grandma, did you get your numbers for your pension? You know, when you're twenty five, you're supposed to retire whenever you get the gold watch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wonder what she got. She should have got a whole gold clock. Right? Gold I, bar. <laughs> gold bar. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. That's awesome. Wow. That's, that's something, man. Uh, you brought this one to my attention. I've heard about, the, heard about this years past, but I've never looked at it. The 52nd annual Canoe the Nonquan. Yeah. You've done that. Years ago. I probably have, probably like 2000 and... I've done it three times, I think, but it was back. I'm probably haven't done it in nine or ten years. So it was like 2000, either eight or nine the first time, and I did it two years off a year, then did another year. And I've always wanted to revisit, but just never have. And you know, pandemic and yada mm-hmm. yada yada. Um, yeah, so I got the email last week or, or a few days ago saying that it's back on this year after a couple of year hiatus. So um, the Nonquan River is this. Windy, windy, windy asshole of a river near Port Perry, Ontario. Um, like two strokes and you're turning a corner and two strokes, you're turning a corner. Um, but it's fun. You got, uh, you got, and it's a, what is it? The ORCKA or whatever, the Ontario Recreational Canoe, Canoe Racing Kaya, Association. Orca? Whatever, not Orca, but it's oh, the, uh, the, what is it? OMC. Yeah, Ontario Marathon Ra- Canoe Racing Association. Yeah. So it's a sanctioned race with them. So you've got everything from people in like 10 foot Pelican kayaks to these guys in like the epic uh, race yeah. kayaks to people with those racing boats that are like calling out cadence as they're paddling and that. And they literally like fly past you on plane um, and everything in between. Um, so I did it in my uh, current designs Gulfstream and, and, and had a great time until you hit the lake. So I think it's um there's two versions. Yeah. There's just the river part. Right. Or the river and lake part. Right. So now there is so yeah, there's 20 kilometers, 12 kilometers on the river, that's windy, windy, windy river, and then the 8 kilometers down the lake, so about 5 miles down the lake. And all three times headwind down the lake. 
Yeah. And the lake runs north to south. Yeah. South wind coming up right in your face every single freaking time. And like the set, third time I did it, it's like all I wanted to do was beat the first two times, which were very close, a couple minutes apart. Because um, it's kind of raced it, you know, it's, I, I wasn't registered for the Ontario Marathon Canoe Racing Association kind of prizes or anything like that. So it was really racing myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and the third time I did it, uh, my worst um, time on it because I was just, the headwind for brutal like right in your face the whole that whole five miles so um yeah so that's coming up on june 3rd 4th yeah saturday june 4th oh registration yep. starts june 3rd yeah yeah yeah, yeah port perry is just northeast of toronto yeah like an hour and a bit yeah hour and a half yeah it's hit what, fourth hour 40 and a bit, minutes from here something yeah, like yeah. that yeah it's not far yeah um what else yeah it's and that's that's what they say the the for the first few kilometers, there are many tight bends to practice your, your rudder, rudder turns. turns. <laughs> Course starts on the twisty Nanquan River. Some dead end channels along yeah. the river section. Yeah. When in doubt, yeah. keep right. It's and there's some beaver dams. Like there was a couple of pullovers. Um, there's one bridge that one year I kind of just crouched under again. Another year I just folded right through, and another year it was um, a lot of people were carrying around the bridge. I decided to lean over and kiss my deck and kind of hope hand paddle my way and hope for the best <laughs> and kind of went for a swim about halfway through. Um, but yeah, it's pretty fun. And the dead ends and stuff. Yeah. Cause it's, it's lots of, uh, river weeds and that, or, uh, bulrushes and stuff yep. sticking out on the river banks and that. So you can't really see what's going on. Um, so yeah, it's very easy to get lost on that river. Uh, registration takes place at the Latcham center in Port Perry, Friday, June 3rd from 6 till 9, and Saturday, June 4th from 7 till 10. Registration fee, 60 bucks for a canoe or kayak or stand-up paddleboard. Uh, there are sponsorship forms available for people that want to raise additional funds for because it's for the museum. The money goes to the, the museum yep. up there. And uh, there's a, top, a prize for the top fundraiser. Uh, all participants must bring a completed registration form, signed waiver, signed Rowan's Law form for participants under 25 years of age. I've never heard of that. Of what? Sorry, say that again? A Rowan's what? Law form for participants under 25 years of age. Hmm. That's a new one for me, too. Never heard of that. Upon registration, you'll get your race number. You will not be permitted to start the race without this number. Uh, you go to scugog.ca backslash museum for all forms. Now they have participants must register in one of the following classes. Canoe full course, C1, C2, men, women, mixed, 40 or, 40 or better men, 40 or better women, 40 or better mixed, family, junior, and senior, and stand-up paddleboard. So the stand-up paddleboard, that's new. That They didn't have that when I was doing it. There's like the, all, the, all the canoe race classes and the kayak classes and the recreational classes and the ages and all that, mm-hmm. but they didn't have a uh, SUP. Um, so I just Googled the Rowan's Law. Yeah. And Rowan's Law is, since 2018, it's a requirement for sports organization. makes it mandatory for them to ensure that athletes under 26 years of age or parents of athletes under 18 and coaches team trainers and officials to confirm confirm every year that they have reviewed Ontario's concussion awareness resources. 
Yeah, probably came from hockey and football, I imagine. Maybe. They just said all organized sports for that age group, I guess. Is there like a marathon full contact canoe sport? There's risks and everything, right? So, yeah. Um, that's, named, that's interesting. I wasn't done yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, keep going. That's what I'm saying. It's interesting. It was named in, uh, remember, Rowan Stringer, who tragically died in 2013 of second impact syndrome, the result of suffering multiple concussion playing rugby three times in six days. So, it's odd that it'd be, I've never heard of that. Yeah, but it'd be odd that it would transfer into paddling, though. It Probably any organized sports where yeah. kids under this age play, whether it's soccer or football or canoeing i'm sure gymnastics all that shit they probably have to do it hmm weird i wonder if derek's sitting at home listening to this and putting money in the swear jar probably okay i think he's about 17 dollars now probably <laughs> i've been good tonight you've been good tonight you've only swore twice i think my girlfriend <laughs> sent me a text she's like remember no swearing and then as we've been here she's texted me the following words f the rest of it, F, the rest of it, F, the rest of it, S, the rest of it, B, the rest of it, F, the rest of it. Then she calls me a naughty boy because I said it's too late. Oh, she also threw in a, a C word too. So, yeah. Now we know now, where you get it from. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's Damn all her fault. Girlfriend. Yeah. So, <laughs> so beside the canoe full course, there's the canoe river only, the kayak full course, the kayak river only. Uh, there's the four, four, and it's all the different age and different categories under those. Uh, the start location is the bridge on Skugag Line 12 uh, near the village of Seagrave, 10 minutes mm-hmm. north of Port Perry. 10-minute <laughs> drive, and uh, how long paddle? 17 days. <laughs> 17 no, day um, paddle? <laughs> I don't remember how long it took, because it's 20 or 23K or whatever. I think it was a couple of, I can't remember. Couple of hours. We're around two hours, I think I did it in. Yeah. Maybe a little over two. Finish location is Robin Glade Park if racing river only, or public pier in Port Perry if you're racing the full course. I know there's a lot of people and they do the hey, um heading oh. up to Paddle and Onquan this Saturday if anybody wants to join. And a bunch of people go up and paddle the Onquan during the summers. Seems to be a popular uh Popular place to go. So in 2010, I just go it quick. I did it in three hours and 23 seconds. I came in uh, fourth place out of 11 in my category. Wow, that's better than I thought I did. See? Just out of the medals. Just out. By two minutes and 15 seconds out of the medals. Oh. When I saw that 23 seconds, though, three hours and 23 seconds, I was like, oh. Now, do you want that? Two and a half minutes off to get a medal, or do you, do you rather be three hours exactly? I'd rather be two hours fifty nine fifty nine <laughs> under the three yeah. hour mark. Uh, the year before it was three oh five fifty uh-huh. in two thousand nine, so I bettered myself then. I did a third time. I don't see the results for my other time. It was that bad. Must have been. They just decided. Alan's not going to like it. Let's yeah, we don't like Alan. Just leave him off the yeah. list. Maybe he won't show up. Anyway, if you're looking for something to do on Saturday, June 4th, and you're in the Port Barry uh, area, then uh, the 52 annual, 52nd annual Canoe the Nonquan 
give it a whirl. Uh, I think, oh, I've only got uh, one more big thing here. Oh, and no, I'm not doing it this year, as you asked earlier. Um, kayaking off Tobermory out to Flower Pot Island that weekend. So I'm looking forward to that for the first time. I've, uh, we paddled off Tobermory yeah, in we went. tub and little tub harbor, but uh, this time a group of us, uh, for our friend Blake, um, last year we did the uh, paddle down from Tobermory down to the uh, the grotto, mm-hmm. um, Cypress uh, Campground, uh, Bruce Peninsula National Park. Um, so this year he wants to go out and to Flower Pot Island offshore. So How long did that take to paddle out? That's quite the, the paddle out there, is it not? I'm not sure. I've never done it. Blake's in charge. I'll look at it when it comes closer. Yeah. It <laughs> can't be that long because I know people in wreck boats and that have done it. There was a, there was a yeah, video was a couple of years ago about the, one of the ferry boats had to, or one of the tour boats had to go rescue a, a swamped wreck boat. People were just. Yeah. And I think that's what head. it is. It's far enough that if you don't have the proper boat or you wouldn't want to do it in a canoe, you yeah. want to have the proper. Oh, you definitely need to pro because because where it is is right where Georgian Bay and Lake Huron meet. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, it's just over five k offshore. Right, that's so I figured. It's not it. too too far, but it's in wow. a channel that can pick up pretty damn quick. Yes, it's, um, if you're not in the right I, boat. I've heard of people that have been paddling along the the Bruce Peninsula where there's not a lot of landing places, or there's stretches where there aren't a lot of landing places, and then they've just been trapped for a day because the weather picked up and stuff. So. Um, yes, I'm looking forward to that. There's so, days but if, where I but if wish that, for some reason, another doesn't happen, then maybe I'll be in Port Perry. There's days where I wish that, uh, my trips would last longer because I was windbound just to make that phone call into work. <laughs> yeah, I just won't be in today. Can't get off the lake. Sorry. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And what would your boss say? Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Sure. Yeah. You and your stupid hobbies. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they know nothing about your hobbies. <laughs> Oh, the the owner of our company just he grills me over these trips I do. He's just like wow. out of admiration or yeah, confusion. Yeah. No, no, out of, in my bo- <laughs> my boss is more the like. What's what's the point? Why would you do that when you could sit at home where it's warm and a comfortable bed? <laughs> yeah, different people, strokes. I know I know people who don't understand it. Even even when the ladies on my uh, trip today, she's just like. From uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, she said something about not hiking. I'm like, you're like in like amazing hiking territory right next to the uh, the Smoky Mountains and that. She's like, nah, I'm more of an indoor cat. <laughs> She's like, like the amount of hiking we did today, which what about three k max, like through all the different stops we do. She's like, yeah, yeah, that's like I'm I'm done for the year. That's I'm, go- I'm good. For the year. I got my quota done. It's like okay, yep. Different strokes, man. Different strokes, different Mm -hmm. folks. Uh, Back in February, we talked about Missouri Breaks Monument. Who Uh, broke what? Missouri broke it. Missouri Breaks Monument. Uh, Upper Missouri River Breaks National Monument. The wild scenic Missouri River flows through nearly half a million acres of central Montana prairies and badlands. If you look at the pictures, like it is phenomenally beautiful country. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of history and not all good history. Where is it in Missouri? Uh, Montana. Oh. The Missouri <laughs> River. 
and it's intact. Have have it intact? Have we reached the end of your attention span? (laughs) And it's intact. It's intact, or it's broken. Uh, It is the Missouri Breaks Monument, the Missouri River flowing through Montana. Uh, It is absolutely beautiful. A lot of history up there. And uh, I got a message from Michaela Moss. Sorry, that, I, I spoke incorrectly because you were about to say, and not a lot of good history, and then I went and made a joke, and you were probably about to say something that was... Oh, no, there, yeah, there was a, a lot of history through there, yeah. and not a lot of it was good history no, right. in uh, regards to uh, indigenous The Western expansion and, and all that exactly, kind of stuff, I imagine. Exactly, so, right. But it's it's a lot of history I think people should know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we touched about on that in, in the uh, episode. But the Michaela Moss, the executive director for the Friends of the Missouri Breaks Monument, um, she listened to the episode and uh, was was happy. She said, I saw you guys did the uh, highlight on paddling through the monument on your show in February. It was really glad to see the monument getting some outside attention. It is such a beautiful and often overlooked landscape. And yeah, like I say, if you start Googling some mm-hmm. of the places, like... I've driven wow. through near there, about 100 miles south of there, like near Great Falls and um, Roundup Billings and that. I've driven driven through there, and it is. It's just, it's... Um, to some, they get bored because it's just all sandstone and, you know, that. But it's just a stunning, absolutely yeah. stunning landscape. Yeah. Uh, she's reaching out because one of the or- members of the organization has donated a handmade cedar canoe to use as an auction for a fundraiser for our stewardship work on the monument and uh, she just wondered if we could help promote the auction I took a a look at this canoe Uh wow like Mike Burns would look at that thing going I wonder if I can get some extra pictures of that figure yeah Yeah, he would be trying to figure out how to do it himself uh, really, really beautiful canoe. Friends of Missouri Breaks uh, Monument, nonprofit organization with the mission to protect and preserve the Upper Missouri River Breaks National Monument through stewardship, education, and advocacy. Since the organization's creation in 2001, it has worked tirelessly to protect this unique and unforgettable landscape. To help in this effort, the organization will be hosting its first ever online fundraising auction from April 15th to 30th, 2022. So I'm going to post a link on our Facebook. Um, I I can never seem to post links in Instagram. Nothing works. No, you can't post links in Instagram. In the body, you can, but yet they're not clickable. Yeah. So maybe Um, can you copy and paste there? What can you do? What can you do? I know a lot of people say links in the bio and stuff. Links in the bio, and then um, you can set up a link tree, right? It's a free website where you could have, like, the regular paddling venture radio thing, and then anything that you you post, you can do, I don't know, a dozen, 20 or something. Oh, yeah? Um, Other links as well. So you could do, like, if you go to my Alcation um, Instagram page and you see the the link in the bio, it brings you to my waterfall tour thing, my, um, the Kingdom Outdoors page, um, a couple articles I've written for Paddling Magazine, um, and just other things that I care about, maybe others will, so it's pretty easy to set up. Well, we'll definitely have it on our Facebook page. I'll post the link and all that. And I just pulled up that boat. Holy cow, that's beautiful. Right? Right? Now, I would say go to the auction page and check it out because it talks about the boat. 
And there's a story behind why they made the boat and why they are uh, have donated it to use as an auction to raise money for the Missouri Breaks uh, National Monument. Uh, so go even if you're if if you're not going to participate in the and there's other things that they're right. they're going to be auctioning off as well. But uh, yeah, well, check out the info on the auction and the other. Have you items. read the terms and conditions whether or not Canadians can? No, I didn't take see that part, part in yet. The auction. So little uh, hint: if you're Canadian and you do something like this, find a friend's in America's address to use. Just saying. John Van Berwick, Aaron yep, Wisconsin, exactly. with his yeah. buddy Pink Floyd. Yeah, something like that. The flamingo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I just uh, was checking that out, and I never check that sort of stuff out till it's too late. <laughs> Congratulations! Hey, you, uh, oh, well, the reason Canada. I'm saying that is because you know a few weeks ago, I think you guys touched on, on an episode about different organization raising money for Ukrainian relief. Yeah, and PNHC and kayaks had that they had a raffle for um, some uh, a couple kayaks, and I asked them on their Facebook page. I'm like, um, it says here it's U.S. residents only, and they're like, well, we're not really going to double check who lives where so if you want to buy a ticket and use a friend in america's address and the boat gets delivered to you at that address we're not really checking into it who are we to say otherwise exactly right so and and in that instance and in this instance it's raising money for a good cause yeah the legal crap that usually gets in the way of a good time Eh, you know it's uh Things are written in black and white, so we can have gray areas. <laughs> Use an eraser. <laughs> so, um, what is it? U.S. dot Givergy, G-I-V-E-R-G-Y, dot com backslash Missouri Breaks. And again, we'll post that on our uh, our site, but um, go check them out. And if uh, you do feel like uh, helping out a good cause and... Maybe join their auction and see, uh, maybe you can buy something from them. The only other thing I have next, we're, this weekend coming, we're at the uh, Ontario Backcountry Canoe Symposium. That's right. Saturday, the yep. 9th in Waterloo. The end of April, 29th, April 29th to May 1st is the Toronto Outdoor Adventure Show. And Sweet. It's an in-person thing. You can go to outdooradventureshow.ca. I think I'm going to go to the Saturday and check it out. Okay. You got those press passes lined up? Uh, not yet. Okay. Well, you, are you, do you want one? I'm here, I, aren't I? I need 90 of them. I'm here. <laughs> I brought beer. I drove oh, all the way with the $1.70 gas. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I get a press pass if you get a press pass. Yeah. yeah. I'll ask for 90 of them. <laughs> press pass. Who needs a press pass? $10, sir. All right. Tell the people what we're drinking, Sean. We are drinking, oh, yeah, uh, from Northern Maverick Brewing Company. Which is downtown Toronto. Star Wars. Not Star. This is T-S-A-R. How is that? Sar? Sar? I don't know if you're kind of like Tsar. Sar. Because sometimes it's C-Z, right? C-Z. I think it's interchangeable. Star Wars. Imperial Oatmeal Stout. Not too shabby. Nice, dark, thick. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. The first sip, I was like, hmm, but once I got into it, it was pretty good. Yeah, they're pretty good. Got a high alcohol volume, though. Yeah, only 8%. 8%. Yeah. I've had more. We have to. How, how much big is that bottle? Big bottle. 500 mils. Oh, okay. oh, I've been drinking a bunch of these 
big name brewery stuff in their bottles are like what a hundred mils three fifty five or something like that and they're so small compared to yeah. what we've been what we usually well because now when we go to the liquor store rather than the beer store we buy the, it's always the king cans right which 473 are, yeah okay okay right? so that bottle's not much more than a can then okay. no but the the cans from like if you go to some of these big name breweries yeah. and you got this 355 I mean it's only that tall sort of thing you know, it's, they're so small. So I brought a lager as well. We didn't get into it because I got to drive. But Sean's going to open the other one. I'm going to take a few sips of it. Oh. <laughs> what is what is it called? It's just their lager. Their handcrafted lager. The Maverick Brewing Company handcraft Northern Maverick Brewing Company handcrafted lager. I like the name Maverick too. Look at the uh, the aviator. Oh, Top Gun's that's coming that's out because the Top Gun coming out uh, end of the month. I think May 29th. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And something else is coming out next week. I want to go see Ambulance. Never heard the of it. The new... Um, That's not bad. Uh, Michael Bay movie. It's got uh, um, Jake Gyllenhaal in it and some other famous people. <laughs> it's like lots of helicopters, lots of guns, car chases through L.A. You know, it looks like a modern version of like Heat. The other one I'm waiting for is Bullet Train. Brad as Brad Pitt. Oh. And all those guys on it? I haven't seen There's that. all these hitmen that are hired for the Oh no 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 I have or, okay, no, I have seen that. Yeah. It looks a little bit ridiculous, a little bit But yeah, you know yeah, it's yeah. gonna be good. Yeah. You know it's gonna be good. Yeah. So cool. Um You got anything else? No. I gotta go home, I gotta work in the morning. Do you? So do I. Unlike you who goes to work in the morning. I Actually work? I work. At work. You've got to work. I just got to yeah. go to work? Yeah. yeah okay. Like a place of business? Something. <laughs> I've got to leave my building, go to some other building, and hang out there for the day. Was a stop through Tim Hortons on the way where... Tell us your Tim Hortons story. Oh, the, the drive through, <laughs> And I don't know anybody that's not guilty of doing this at some point. 100%. So we're in the drive... The drive through is a big curve, like mm-hmm. a big crescent, right? So you come in one side... At the top of the crescent is the um, menu board where you place right. your order, and then you cruise around the rest of the crescent to get to the window where you pick up your order. The guy in front of me leaves the menu, puts his blinker on, <laughs> and <laughs> turns it off, and you can see he looks in the mirror, and I'm just thinking, dude, you're one of my clan. <laughs> I've been there. That. I've done that. <laughs> I should have just turned my blinker on and saw There was a uh, video on one of those like Instagram meme pages or something a while ago about it, it looked like a dash cam from a cop car or somebody filming a cop car and then the guy in front of him in the drive-thru and the guy puts it in the car on to go around the corner <laughs> in the drive-thru and if like the cop's going to pull him over in the drive-thru, right? So, I would have. <laughs> yeah, I would have. Yeah. Just give him a little whoop whoop. Of the siren and the lights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good time. Well, thanks for uh, stepping in this week and covering for Derek. He's a busy boy doing all his moving stuff this week. Right. So, Where are they in the stages of moving? Um, I think slowly taking stuff over. Right. So I guess near most of their stuff is packed. Cool. There's uh, a lot of it was in storage and stuff. Are they so. staying at the new house yet? I don't are think they so. I think they're still at the old house for now. But I think old house or mother in laws? Or were they just staying at the mother in laws? They were just staying at the mother in laws while they were yeah, while okay, they were showing gotcha, it. Gotcha. So 
Um, okay. I got to think that they're pretty much headed to the old house soon cool. if they aren't there already, but right on. better him than me. Yeah. I hate moving. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can download and stream our episodes on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. You can go to the episode page at Paddling Adventures Radio and listen or download all our episodes there. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with family, friends, family, and fellow paddlers. And while you're on the internet, Alan, what's your website? Kingdomoutdoor.ca, kingdom underscore, un, kingdom underscore outdoor on Instagram. I don't know, Kingdom Outdoor, Kingdom Outdoor products, Google it, you'll find it. And there's uh, lots of good stuff there. In Alcation for my fun stuff. Yeah, Alcation. You need an Alcation trip to Florida again. I need an Alcation trip anywhere. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, the girlfriend I've been trying to, because all the airlines have like super deals on right now, so... We're looking at maybe a little jaunt to Newfoundland at some point really? this summer. Yeah. Awesome. Well, like enjoy. Less than 200 bucks return for a flight. How can you not? Maybe they'll just keep you there when you... Well, I've never been, so who knows? They might. Uh, maybe you'll just want to stay. I might. Don't tease us. <laughs> Again, thanks for uh, joining us this week, Alan. No problem. Thanks for having me. I want to thank everybody for uh, listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Alan Drummond. We'll talk to you next time.